Today's episode of the Dad Tired Podcast is brought to you by Haya Health. I know some of you dads listening may not be giving too much thought about the vitamins that your kids are taking, or maybe you just leave it up to your wife to make those decisions, but I want to challenge you to give this some thought. Haya Health was actually started by two dads who realized the vitamins they were giving their kids were essentially sugar-filled candy in disguise, so they decided to do something about it. Did you know that 93% of kids don't eat enough fruits and vegetables? And we all know that what kids eat instead are chicken fingers, mac and cheese, processed foods, ice cream, and more. And the vitamins that are supposed to fill in those nutritional gaps are based on out-of-date nutritional guidelines from the 1980s. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern children's diets to provide the full-body nourishment our kids need with a yummy taste they love. My kids absolutely love these vitamins. They're made from 12 farm-fresh fruits and vegetables and supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals known to help support a healthy immune system, energy levels, brain function, mood, teeth, bones, and more. Most children's vitamins are filled with five grams of sugar and can cause a variety of health issues. Haya is made with zero sugar and zero gummy junk, yet it tastes great and is perfect for picky eaters. It's non-GMO, vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, nut-free, and everything else you can imagine. It's manufactured here in the United States with globally sourced ingredients, each selected for optimal bioavailability and absorption. We've worked out an exclusive offer with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Dad-tired listeners receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com forward slash dad-tired or enter the code dad tired at checkout. That's H I Y A H E A L T H dot com slash dad tired. com slash dad tired and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Again, go to hiahealth.com forward slash dad tired or enter the promo code dad tired at checkout. John, I was looking back at the first time we were supposed to hang out and have a conversation. And it was two years ago, February, almost to the day, man, February something 2020 was the first time we were scheduled to hang out. And I think this, like this, our time together has been rescheduled like three or four times. So I'm just either it's just totally coincidental or I won't, so I won't over-spiritualize it or I don't know, maybe like God has something for us to talk about and we'll just see like, <laughs> you know, whose lives need to be changed. Maybe it's our own. But um, all that to say, I'm super excited to be hanging out with you today, man. It's been a long time coming. Now there's a ton of pressure. That means it's got to, it's, you know, like the longer you wait for something, it's yeah, got to be yeah. like, you know, it's like when there's like finally a sequel to a film, but it's been like 20 years and they've been saying it's coming out and it's yeah, never done. That is a lot of pressure. It's got to be like amazing. But anyway, so this is going to be that interview. Well, I can feel it. Yeah. Well, I'm just going <laughs> to stop talking. I'm not even going to ask you a question. I'm just going to let you talk. <laughs> no, you better not. You better not. It'll get weird fast. Dude, you're in Florida right now. What are you, uh, you as we're recording this, some people will watch this on YouTube. You're in a hotel room. Looks like behind you. What are you up to right now today? I'm literally doing interviews like crazy. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because the record just dropped. So there's so many different kinds of formats because, you know, we're on rock, we're on Christian rock, we're on Christian, more like eight, we call it AC or uh, pop, whatever you want to call it. Hmm. And then I've got my own podcasting interviews and for my book, it's like, there's so much juggling going on that we have a couple of days off on the road and I'm stuck in a hotel room. But, you know, the, <laughs> but the good news is, is, you know, I'm getting to talk about the record and, and the themes of it and why we release it and, yeah, it's always exciting because you know it's like your, your your baby's coming out there, so you got to talk about the album. And so, How long have you been working on the album? This has been really bizarre because usually we work on records for like 
two years. We probably write them for two, two and a half years. Oh, wow. And and we end up with like 50 or sometimes most we ever do is about 73 songs we had written for one of our records. Holy cow. It's crazy because it just like we said a second ago, it's because they're like, you got to make the most epic record ever. And then you're waiting for four years. And the longer you wait, the more amazing that record has to be. And it can, it can never live up. Like nothing yeah, can ever live yeah. up. And so you're 70 songs. This one was totally different. You know, we wrote the whole thing and recorded it in, in like five months. We only wrote like 17 songs. We hadn't done that in like 15 years. So it was a very unusual process, but I think that's to do with, we just felt like we had stuff from the Lord we wanted to say. It was just coming out of us. And I was like, it's the time. I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to wait for the end of this pandemic. We're going to write this now. And it's going to like, it's going to help like propel us to the end. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're not going to wait for the end of the pandemic. This album's going to propel you to take charge of your life. Yeah. It's a very positive album. So that's my feeling on it anyway. And you feel good about how it turned out? Oh yeah. I really love the record. I mean, of course, when you're in a band, you, you're a, you always think it's your best record, <laughs> even when it's yeah. not yeah, yeah. It's no good at all. <laughs> and then you have to say it is, but the, the truth is, is that I usually say I'm happy with the record. I don't know how good it is or not. I can't tell, but truthfully, I love this record. I think it's one of our best. It's very aggressive, very heavy, but some of it also is that it's the times you're in. Sometimes the times you're in sort of it makes your record more poignant, you know, mm. it's like a great president, you know what I mean? Great presidents are shaped by the times they're in. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, like Kennedy, you know, Pre- yeah. Kennedy ends up, or excuse me, I didn't mean to say Kennedy, excuse oh. me. I meant to say Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln. That's quite the good, jump. That's quite I, I know. I, <laughs> we, we jumped I, back. We jumped I'm back trying on. not to okay. just <laughs> slap myself in the face for how much I just jumped. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't yeah. want to reveal anything about my passions <laughs> for politics. I meant to say Abraham Lincoln, but Abraham Lincoln was a good man. But the times that he was in ended up evolving mm. into a much greater man, you know? And so I think that that's just, this times you're in, you make a record and it's poignant because it's an album for now. And I feel that way about this record. That's great, man. You have kids, right? Your dad. I have two kids, 19 and 16. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, because I was going to ask you, like, how do you get into creative mindset? I mean, writing an album, I imagine I've never done it, but I imagine it takes just a massive amount of creativity. I, yeah, I just submitted a book. I submitted two books in the last 30 days. Oh, wow. And in trying to get those done with a house full of kids, my kids are younger, but I'm just like to sit down and like to like get yourself in a creative space. And every dad feels this, whatever their work is to just like sit down and focus as a dad, it's hard. Do you feel that or are like kids, do they help the creative juices or is it like, mm. yeah, like how do you switch well, the hats? I'll give some encouragement to young dads out there. Yeah. There's a lot of us. It Hit gets us. a lot easier. Okay. <laughs> it gets a lot easier. I mean, having kids, of course, is amazing. My kids are so wonderful, but I wasn't prepared probably like a lot of people listening. I wasn't prepared for the utter amount of work it is to have kids, which sounds Mm. so dumb, but I know a lot of people that are just as dumb as me because (laughs) they're like, I guess I just never thought about it. You just have a kid. It's (laughs) so much work. One of the things for me being creative though, having kids definitely makes you see the world differently. Like Mm. all of a sudden you're aware of, of like, even the PG films that you're watching for sure. <laughs> right. You're Which like, is crazy. Cause you go back to your like childhood favorites and you're like, Oh, it's PG. And you turn it on. You're like, Oh my, the things I got away with 
and yeah. like just PG back then was. And I'm like, like uh, I watched this. I watched this as a kid, you know, which is scary to think about. No, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Like Goonies. Like, yeah. you remember yeah. Goonies? It's like, there's a lot of cussing in that. Yeah, film, totally, you know? totally. You all of a sudden notice it and you begin to notice the implications of, of worldviews on mm. every single thing you see on the TV. Every single conversation you have with the person that works at the mall, at the Starbucks, every little thing happens. You go, oh my gosh, these worldviews are so different. Mm. What kind of world are my kids going to be growing up in? And you start kind of like, you know, you're getting like that. The good side about that is the, cre- for me personally, I don't know about anybody else, yeah. <laughs> but for the creative side, I started feeling more like I've got something to say because it really matters because our kids are being raised in a time of such utter confusion and utter chaos and just godlessness that. I'm more passionate about it now because I care what kind of world my kids are going to be raised in. All of a sudden it just takes your eyes off of yourself. You know, before you have kids, you're just constantly all about yourself. And then when you have kids, you're like, okay, now I'm never about myself. My life is constantly about these, these little ones and I've got a job to do and I need to do it. Well, I'm stewarding these kids. They're not mine. They're God's, but he gave them to me to steward. I got a job to do. So that's kind of, my take on it, but great news and encouragement to you guys listening. It doesn't last that long. Mm. Now, I say good news. I don't mean good news. It doesn't last long, but no words, the really hard part doesn't last that long. And all of a sudden you just find yourself, Oh my gosh, this is so much easier. My kids turn into more like friends, you yeah. know, and, and that's also a really special time. But then I just had a conversation with a friend of mine. I won't say who is a musician. Mm-hmm. that a lot of people would know we just talked this week and he was saying man he's like my kids are 18 i wish i could go back mm-hmm. you know i wish i could go back i would do this i would do this i would not let that conversation go you know that conversation about yeah. sexuality or whatever it was when i thought well i don't want to push too hard he's like i would not let that conversation go i'd go back and i think we all have that so it's an encouragement to you guys life is going to get easier but you'll never have this time again. So I really want to commend people who are saying, Lord, use me. I want to do my job. I commend that. It's, there's nothing more important than that. Yeah. When you were having that conversation with him, did you feel any of that? I mean, as somebody who's a little bit further down the road than I, you said 16 and 13, was that right? Uh, uh, 19 and 16. Oh, 19 and 16. Okay. Yeah. So you're further down the road than me. When you look back, do yeah. you have any of that? Like, oh man, if I could just tweak this, I would have tweaked that. Like what, what do you Absolutely. have? Absolutely. I mean, I've got a lot of those things, you know, I think probably the initial thing I would say that this, just so people know where I'm coming from my life, yeah. both of my kids are born again. My kids are absolutely awesome. They love God. My son is 16. I, he has absolutely a, like a theology brain. I think he mm. probably will be a, a pretty good theologian. He, he's already mm. on top of, he's reading like GK Chesterton, right? Wow. He's a smart, smart cookie. My daughter's 19. My daughter is extremely uh, emotionally intelligent. She's Mm -hmm. like amazing with people and she leads people to the Lord and this other. So I am so thankful to the Lord, but I got to say, I did some things right. My wife did a ton of things right. (laughs) And, you know, where my regrets would be not necessarily that, that we didn't do what we needed to do. But since we're on a podcast for dads, I'll just be totally honest with you, which I'm yeah. embarrassed to say, but I'm going to be real. Yeah. 
a lot of times I go, yeah, but I didn't do what I was, but my wife did what mm. I was supposed to do. And I feel a lot of shame about that, to be honest. Doesn't mean that I didn't do anything. I did. I, I explained the Bible to my kids. and said, But a lot of the times it was my wife saying, we need to sit down and read the Bible to the kids. We need to have a worship time. We would do it. Sometimes mm. it was me, but not as often as I would have liked. And, mm. I, and I see that. I mean, me and my wife, were one. We're a team. Yeah. But really, it's my job. And so I look back and I say, I could have done more, but by the grace of God, we did a lot of things right by the grace of God. And I'm so very, very thankful for that. What would you have changed anything when it comes to technology with your kids or social media, things like that? By the grace of God, we handled that well too. Hmm. What'd you do? Yeah. What was your strategy? I was just like, you're not getting, (laughs) you're not getting Instagram. You're not getting whatever until a certain age for my daughter. I didn't want her really on. So I think I'm trying to remember when I officially let her get her own Instagram. She was probably 15 Mm. and she was just going to do it for family. And she was praying and she's like, look, I really want God to use me to speak good messages to young girls. And I think this is an important thing. I hope this could help somebody listening. I don't know. In other words, we, as parents, we should have rules. We have strictures. We have these plans, but you're still allowing the Holy spirit to, to change your plans. You know what I'm saying? You're you're allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and say, that is a good plan, John. But in this instance, I want to do something different. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's where I was at with my daughter, because Mm -hmm. my daughter really is an extremely evangelistic person. Mm -hmm. My daughter is very secure. She dresses modestly. She doesn't really care what other people think about her. And I really believed, I think that she'll use this platform to win people to Christ. And so we allowed her to go on with some supervision and things like that. And she did, she used that platform to write scriptures and to help Mm. girls. And it's been a really powerful thing Mm. for my son. We just have, you know, no secrets, you know what I mean? (laughs) No secret life. He can talk to me about what he needs to talk to me about. And I will talk to him without judgment. What I don't like is a secret life. That's what we have to watch out for in Christianity is living in the light. I don't expect you to do everything perfectly. I don't expect you to never sin, but we have to live in the light so that we do not fall into these addictive patterns. So probably some of the the best things that I did with my kids, to be honest, was to have those hard conversations early on, very early on to talk about addiction, pornography. I can say whatever I want to say in this podcast, right? I don't know if kids listen. No filter, Uh, man. Yeah. Masturbation. Yeah. All the different kinds of sexual things, gender things happening in our culture. We talked about those things early on. How early? Like when they were hitting puberty, like as like your son, as he's, as he's about um, to hit puberty, are you having those proactive conversations? Yeah. I would say for me, we started a little bit before. Now, Mm. if your kids are in public school, I think you need to start probably super third early grade, man. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think I, the I, stats I, are coming I, out. It's like third grade is like, I don't remember what it was. I, I shouldn't even say it's a stat cause I'll butcher it so bad, but I read somewhere. I'll try to look it up and put in the show notes if I can find it. But it was like, it, it was a staggering number. How many third graders had been exposed to pornography, like starting at third grade. It was sixth grade for me, but dude, it's like, it's dropped down significantly. It's unbelievable. It is literally changing the way an entire generation of people think Yeah, I've read a lot of literature on it. I don't really understand it. Thank God I didn't grow up with it in in this way, but something about it literally changes your brain patterns and all this stuff. And, 
And I would have conversations with my kids, not as early as third grade, because they were on the road with me. It was, it was a little mm-hmm. different, but mm-hmm. fifth grade, something like that. But I would explain to them like sexuality and whatnot within a, a broader framework of the glory of God. Why are we created? So it's not like, hey, there's this rule you're not allowed to do. Right. It's saying, this is how God created you. And it's wonderful that God created you to be male, created you to be female. Yep. And that comes with this. So it's more like in the framework of stuff. And yes, it's embarrassing. And yes, my kids were like, dad, oh, this is going to be so, who cares? That, that's your job, you know, and you're saving them from so much heartache. Yes. So I think that we did a pretty good job with that. And with, with my son explaining to him the kind of addictive patterns that people fall, fall into. And uh, it's just really important. I mean, yeah, huge stuff. Again, my kids are a little younger, but we're getting into those age ranges for my older two. I have four, but my older two are getting into those age ranges where some of these conversations are going to be more appropriate to have. And one of the things that I've talked about is that seems to help them is when I talk about God, God is the creator of humans. And so he knows how human humans and humanity works best because he invented it. So he understands where humans flourish. And so we've talked about things like, well, if I created a tool you know, have you said if I use a hammer or something as a screwdriver, it doesn't work very well. If I use a screwdriver as a hammer, it doesn't work very well. And so trying to frame that for them seems to make sense where there's like, okay, the creator knows how the creation works best. And so I said, if you make something, if you draw something, you know what you were trying to come across when you were drawing that. You were the one who thought that up. Or if you build a Lego creation, right? Like, you know what was behind in your mind. So when we're thinking of the question, how do we know how humans operate best Well, we go back to the creator, the one who invented this whole human thing. And so it's, again, the whole point of all of that is trying to get out of, well, this is what good Christians do and you better not do this. That's how I grew up. You know, I was terrified to mess up because I just, you know, I didn't want to be a bad Christian or I didn't want to disappoint God, which you know, there's some good righteousness in there, but there's also a lot of shame-based behavior-based parenting and which doesn't work well. You had mentioned if your kids are in public school, did you public school or is you private school? Is you homeschool? Well, they were always on the road with us. So we, yeah. we started off doing homeschooling. And then at some point we moved to an online, I believe, public school where they would do class, you know, some online classes and, and things like that. My daughter graduated during the pandemic. So she graduated high school in that 2020 class. <laughs> which is kind of funny. <laughs> so sad. So, such a bummer it for is. those kids, man. Such a they're, bummer to end the year like their that. names on a TV screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so weird, man. There's kind of a lot of talk in the Christian space right now about schooling. Have you thought about I that? Do. Or what do, what do you think about that? Well, I do. I mean, I don't, I don't talk about it a ton, a ton, but I'm thrilled to talk about it because I do feel quite passionate yeah, about it. Yeah. I'd love it. to hear your thoughts about it. I say this zero judgment, zero condemnation on anybody. Okay. This is, you got to do what's right for you and your family. If you were to ask me, John, what do you think is the number one reason that Christian kids fall away from the faith at an incredible rates? They fall away in college. I believe personally that the number one factor is the indoctrination into secularism humanism from the school system. And, and I don't think it starts in college. It starts now, it starts in kindergarten. Yeah. They are being indoctrinated from day one. And, and my opinion on this is, is basically this. For a long time, I think Christians felt that education 
could be like a neutral platform. So mm. almost like, hey, you're teaching two plus two equals four. Does it matter if if you're a Christian, if you're an atheist? Right. None of that matters. Just teach two plus two equals four. What they really, what I think we missed is that all knowledge is wrapped up in Jesus Christ, the truth. And that doesn't just, of course, mean that he's the truth like when we die. <laughs> so the yeah. truth that gets us to heaven, which of course he is, but right. that means that all truth, all knowledge, all wisdom is wrapped up in Jesus Christ. And so if we're going to have proper teaching of knowledge of two plus two equals four, it really should be understood within a framework of a God who created absolutes, mm. you know, a, a God and who created the world to run, as you said, so, so wonderfully in a certain way to, and, and to where a hammer works with a nail but mm -hmm. not with a screw, mm -hmm. you know, where a Phillips head, you don't use the flathead when you're supposed to use the Phillips head and, yeah. and yada, yada, yada. I think that that's been such a mistake that, that we have to realize that there is no such thing as a neutral ground. You can't teach truth in a neutral fashion. What ends up happening is that the Lordship of Christ ends up having a rival God. Uh, and, and that rival God is, is humanism. It's mm. that we can figure out everything that we need in schooling. And now that's why starting in kindergarten, they're indoctrinated day one into all of the social justice initiatives, which includes all sorts of things about gender and, and, and sex and a bit of a destruction of the, uh, the Christian family, me right. meaning a uh, husband, wife, kids, you know, it's adding in all sorts of different things, right? It starts in kindergarten now. And so what happens is that even if you're a godly parent, I mean, a godly parent that is teaching your kid every single night, you read the Bible after dinner, let's say, yeah. you read the Bible, you expound on the Bible, you worship with your kids every night for the other nine hours of a day, they're going to an indoctrination camp. Yeah. And I just think, man, we, we uh, this is not condemnation. I don't know what people's situations that that might be the only option. That totally. might be your best totally. option. Totally. Is it possible that your kid could be a light in that world. Yeah, that's why I say we have rules, but the Holy Spirit may come in and lead in a, in a new way. And, and I, we make room for God to do what God wants to do. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. But in general, I think that we need to go back. Uh, really, the Puritans were all about this. This is like the Puritan model, really. The Puritan model was you teach knowledge and truth based on the foundation of Jesus. Otherwise, no one can actually understand the world the way it's supposed to be. So I'm quite passionate about that. I am also support, last thing I'll say about it, we are financially supportive. Some Christian schools that are basically, they are private schools, but they are not run by the state. They are basically run by, it's its own curriculum, Christian right. curriculum right. based on everything we just said. We're supportive of those. And, and one of the ones that we do is working into scholarships into the poorest of, of the poor communities. Oh, cool. Yes. Yeah, really 75% cool. of the people going are under the poverty line in our city. So we are funding that to give scholarships. So it's not just rich kids. Yeah. I mean, I hate to break everybody into identity groups, but in other words, it's not just white kids and, right. and, or, or you know, people that could afford it. It's whoever the poorest of the poor. Some of those poorest of the poor are white kids. I hate breaking people in identity groups. It's like the worst thing in the whole world, but yeah. the world always keeps doing it. And I'm like, your ideas aren't working. So mm. we're going to give some money to fund so that the poorest of the poor, no matter what color they are, 
are going to come to a Christian school and they are going to learn about the Lordship of Jesus Christ and mathematics and science and English. Yada, yada. Cool. Is that local or is that like a nationwide thing? You know what? It's uh, I, there's two different programs. It is, uh, it is local, but they're both based on um, national ones. I'll think of the name of it in one second. So I can tell you one of them is one that I think John Piper was involved in hmm. and it, I'll look it up. I'll look it up as we as we talk. Yeah, if you think of if you think of it or it pops up, let me know. That's super interesting. I would I'd love to le- learn more about that. You know, one idea I had Absolutely. the other day. Well, first I'll just say I yeah, this is such a tough one because it's not it's not it can't be re- the reality for everyone. Like my mom was grew up I grew up in a single family. My mom raised me and my sisters. I was the youngest there's just no way she could have homeschooled us. Like she, she was working 40 to 60 hours a week and we grew up without any money. I mean, she, it just wasn't a reality for her. And I know there are a lot of families were just like, I wish we could homeschool or put our kids in private school. It's just not a reality that they can do, but it is something that I do think parents should be praying about. Our idea when, when Layla and I first met and we were talking about having kids before we were even married, but knew we were dating seriously, we were talking about okay, we want to send our kids in as missionaries into the schools. That was our plan. And then we had kids and uh, we homeschool all of them now. (laughs) But one of the reasons was like, you're sending them in to a tsunami and to like, they are likely going to drown in that scenario of like trying to be a light, like their, their lights going to be put out real fast. Now, again, I love how you said it. We make plans. The Holy Spirit also has plans and we submit ourselves to those. And so we will trust whatever, wherever the Lord leads us, we're going to, we're going to do, but to think about sending my six, seven, eight year old into the school right now and hoping that they're going to be the light. Would they maybe for sure? But I guess we have the opportunity to be their primary disciple or right now, like we can be the one who disciples them the most. You said nine hours a day, right? I want to have the most influence over my child for nine hours a day. So I, I guess I would just say, I know we, both you and I have said this, but I just hope the listener hears this we understand it's not for everybody. It, it can't, it's not a blanket statement. Absolutely. But I would not just say, if, can. yeah, but if you can, if it's even an option, I think you and your wife should at least pray about it and just ask the Lord, Lord, where, where, maybe you've never thought about homeschooling or something, but I see it as discipleship. We're talking about education, but I really see it as discipleship. And the schools are most definitely, public schools are most definitely trying to disciple our children. Well, the, oh, brother. you just crushed it. I think that's what I was trying to say. You said it better than I did. Oh, I don't know that. No, no. no, I was trying to say that neutral area is not neutral. They are trying to disciple. There's no question about that. And I love what you just said. And I do hope people hear that. It's not condemnation. But what I would say to what say somebody is one of my, my, one of my best friends, who's also one of the elders at my church. He has kids that are younger than mine. He doesn't make a lot of money. Uh, he's not a wealthy guy, but he's sending his kids to a, to a Christian private school like we were just talking about. But he just said, he said, man, when I realized how much those other schools were trying to indoctrinate my kids, as you said, discipling your kids, mm-hmm. when I realized that it's almost like all of a sudden a light bulb goes off and you go, whatever I have to do, you know, whatever I have to do. There's yeah. nothing more important than this. And so I feel that now everybody's got to do their thing, but I would just say one last piece of advice for me, for whatever that means. If you are somebody that sends your kids to public school for whatever reason that may be, 
All that I would say is this, don't be uninvolved. In other words, mm. you should just be talking to him. What'd you learn at school today? You know, yeah. and, and ask questions because my son, who I told you, he's 16, he does school online. It is a public school format. Yeah. And so sometimes they'll say, yeah, dad, we learned about, I don't know, Darwin's evolution, you know, or whatever it may be. And he'll tell me what they kind of told him. And then we have a chance to talk about it. I will combat it if I need to. Usually my son's quite astute, so he usually knows. But I would combat it. In other words, I don't want to not know what he's learning and just trust it's going okay. Yeah. He's still doing the same program. They're still teaching macroevolution. They're still teaching all sorts of stuff that I don't agree with. And, and I'll combat it. I say, yeah, of course they're teaching you that because they don't know the truth. But the Bible says, and then, then we talk about why the Bible says it. And then he realizes, yep, I'll fill it in. So I get my good grade, but I know the truth in my heart. Mm. And that, that's all you got to do. You just got to be involved. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying today's episode. Just want to take a quick minute and thank my friends over at Loam for sponsoring today's episode. Loam is the calm, visual, and fun calendar that the whole family can use to plan weekly events. Loam allows the entire family to get involved in the scheduling and planning of chores, activities, and tasks that every family needs to accomplish. Their calendar is customizable. It also allows you to add beautiful chore and bedtime charts for the whole family. You can skip the bedtime routine chaos that most of us young dads feel as your kids will learn to love the task charts that Loam offers. Not only is Loam a great tool for parents, it also serves even the youngest members in your family through image view mode, which is going to turn your calendar events and tasks into easy to see photos and icons that allow even your young non-readers in the family to use. If you find yourself stuck on ideas that the whole family can do together, Loam can help with that too. They offer suggestions for meals, activities, conversations, and all kinds of other things. You can even easily add your favorite recipes and links from online directly into the calendar, which conveniently syncs with other calendars and apps that you're already using. Loam was created by a couple dads, dad tired listeners in fact, who love Jesus and want to be more intentional with their family, and they want to give you the gift of simplifying your family as well. You can go to withloam.com forward slash dad tired and use the promo code dad tired, all one word to get your first month free. Again, go to withloam.com forward slash dad tired and then use the promo code dad tired to get your first month free. Yeah, you did. I mean, the only way that you could make that work is to have parents and a dad that's like super engaged with that. You yeah, know? which takes a ton of work. Absolutely. Yeah. So much work. But, you know, you'll never get that time back again. So we all got to do it. Was your dad around growing up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had two parents. But my mom died when I was 15 from cancer. Yeah. So my mom, when I was in sixth grade, my mom got diagnosed with cancer. Darn. I'm sorry, man. Yeah. Brutal time. And and cancer treatment was a little worse back then than it is now. It's come a lot. Thank God it's come a long way in the last, what is that, 25 years? But she fought cancer off and on for about three, three years mm-hmm. uh, from the time I was 12 to 15. And I write about that in my book that I wrote. And I talk about it in a lot of interviews and, and how God used that um, and how God changed my life after my mom's death and getting to know Jesus as a friend, going through the hard stuff. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. always very vocal about all of that. But, I, mm-hmm. but me and my dad were not close. And we had a very, very rough relationship after my mom died. Uh, long story short, I never thought I would talk to my dad again. Didn't mm. want to talk to my dad again. But the, the uber short version, God did an incredible restoration in our relationship. I mean, we're mm. friends. I wow. never thought we'd be friends. 
and we're friends and we enjoy hanging out with one another. And it is only possible by the restoring work of Jesus Christ and the power of the spirit. And there's no, there's nothing else you could attribute it yeah. to. <laughs> did you initiate that? Did he initiate that? Yeah, I, I don't quite remember. I, I, I think we both kind of just fell into it. You know, mm. I, he, he's old school. So he's not the kind of dad that is going to call and yeah. open up about stuff. And at some point I kind of realized, okay, he's mellowing out a little as he gets older. And yeah, I don't really remember why I came to a place of just realizing that Jesus had done so much for me. How can I, who cares, who cares that I was mad? You know, who cares that my dad did this and this and this and this, look at all that I've done against Christ. And if I'm going to, if Jesus is going to forgive me, then I have to forgive my dad. And all Mm. of a sudden it just didn't matter. Mm. I don't even know how to explain it, but it's like Mm. the truth of the word of God just all of a sudden hit me. You know, you can't say that you love God, but hate your brother. The Bible says in first John, well, what does that mean? (laughs) That Mm. means Holy Spirit's got to do a job in my heart. It's time to move on. And so now we have a relationship and it's wonderful. And yeah, yeah. Jesus does miracles. It's fantastic. Well, I think too, I mean, the, the core of the gospel is to really recognize how wicked my own, how wicked I am, my own yeah. sin. And you have to come face to face with that before the good news of the gospel really becomes good news. You have to really sit in the bad news. And the bad news is that I'm like, I'm a pretty jacked up dude. Like I'm, I'm <laughs> sinful, real yeah. sinful. And when you, when you sit in that, and I've had a couple moments in my life where I feel like the Lord graciously made me aware of how like broken I am, like kind of face to face, not in like a shame way. I felt shame a lot of my life in various forms, but it wasn't like a shame. It was just like a, the, the weight of my sin. Like it was almost like the Lord kind of like released the dam a, a little bit. And I felt the weight of my sin. And then it was followed up with grace. Like, but I still love you and I'm still with you and I'm not leaving you. And I'm going to not only all of that, but I'm going to make it all new again. Like I'm going to take all this brokenness and then start bringing the kingdom of heaven in you, Jared, and then around you. And so when you sit in that, when you feel that, I don't know, for me personally, it's made it easier for me to forgive because I'm like, yeah, I know the weight of my own sin. And so I recognize that other people have got their own sin. And unfortunately, sometimes other people's brokenness now affects me and it's impacted me. But and that's just a really long way of repeating what you said, which to sum it all up is I forgive because I've been forgiven. You know, that's, a I think that's wonderful. I, and I totally agree, by the way, you know, I think that for a long time, the church, I would say the church at large, if I can make a huge generalization mm. in my generation, you know, I think that we, we started thinking it sounded kind of mean, it sounds mean to always tell people that we're sinners and that we mess up all the time. And we're always talking about original sin and out of this, like feeling of let's don't focus on all that negativity. Let's be more positive. Maybe it was good intentioned. I don't know. But I think the church got so far away from what you just said, which is, is absolutely true. The church got so far away from that, that I think we actually didn't realize how sinful we are. I mean, mm-hmm. you have a generation of Christians now deconstructing their faith, a lot in the millennial generation, completely deconstructing mm-hmm. because they think that God, the God of the Bible is mean. The God of the Bible would never punish somebody for sin because that God's not mean. So mm. in other words, they don't understand that they've done some really bad stuff worthy of death and punishment and hell. 
accept that Jesus made a way for us. They don't understand that mm. because we went so far away from teaching what you just said. And so how that outworks for me as a dad, I mean, I just got to tell you, dads might already know this, but if you don't know this, this will this will be a huge impact in your life. Be a dad that repents well. Yeah, I mean, I, yes. I've had those conversations with my kids. I, I, in fact, I'll tell one. I don't think I've ever told this in an interview. Mm. Just so you know, I do like 5,000 interviews a year. <laughs> yeah. but, but we're talking about yeah. the good stuff now. So I'm about yeah. to give it to you here. Hit us, man. Dude, I, we had a special day with my kids about six years ago. So they were still young. They were probably 12 and 15 at the time, let's just say, three okay. or four years ago. Okay. Our special day, we were going to Milwaukee. And uh, <laughs> yeah. because the Brewers were playing yeah. and I had gotten the tickets, we were going early to go to a museum, going to go out to eat because we're always on the road and we're always around people. And I just wanted family time together. For sure. Yeah. So we get in that great time. We were there. We, we, we did all the stuff. And then we drove to the Brewers game, parked, getting out of the car. And my son says, thanks so much, dad, for taking us to this game. And I just said, decided I had a little teaching moment with my son. And I said, you're welcome, son, but I just want to make it clear to you. Where does every good gift come from? And he says, it comes from Jesus. I said, that's right. In other words, I'm giving you a good gift, but it's only possible because mm. God, your father in heaven is giving us this gift. You understand mm. that, right? He said, yes. I said, why don't we just thank Jesus for it now? And mm. so we thank Jesus for it. It was wonderful. Long story short, we walk into the gate. I won't even tell the story because it's just way too long, but basically they were giving away shirts. It was like free shirt day. And my, there were so many people. And this woman was accusing my wife of stealing shirts. And I had it. And it was so stressful. And I was so stressed out. I threw the shirt at the woman. And I cussed at her. Okay? I never cuss at people. I mean, like, I literally, like once every five years. It's yeah, yeah. like not my personality. I'm yeah. gone. My kids are looking at me like, what just happened to my dad? I was stressed out. And I'll tell you, I felt so guilty. It was five yeah. minutes earlier. I'm yeah. like, where do these good gifts come from, son? I love it. And so we went up and sat down. And I just said to my kids, I said, kids, before this game starts, I need you to know this is not how a man of God acts. Yeah. yeah. God forgives me. But this is a real embarrassment to the, yeah. to, to the faith of Jesus Christ. And that's actually not who I am. And I want to repent to you. So they get to see, they hear me repent. They hear me say, that's wrong, but I mess up all the time, but God forgives. So they're hearing a message of repentance and forgiveness, Yeah. but it, it's going back to, there's still stuff in me that just isn't right, kids. And then they see me repent to the person that I... Mm. <laughs> Here's your good gift, your little, yeah, yeah. And you got to eat crow and it's embarrassing, but your yeah. kids learn to repent well. Yeah. And I've repented to my kids so much like, son, I'm so sorry I treated you like that. That's not how God doesn't treat me like that. And I shouldn't treat you like that. And my kids now have this great understanding of forgiveness. So there, there you go. There's my little tidbit for Dude, you. Well, I appreciate you giving us the exclusive on the uh, pulling back the veil a little bit on you. <laughs> <laughs> Me cussing inside. It doesn't yeah. happen much. That Dude, was we've all been there, man. We've all been there. And I think guys <laughs> appreciate that kind of stuff because we always, the tagline for dad tired is often stumbling our way to spiritual leadership. <laughs> we're just like, we're trying to move forward, but we're stumbling our way there. Oh, And, man, and, and I love that you've said it twice now. And I love this, that you've used 
the example of your parenting has been, here's what God has done for me. And so here's what I'm going to do for you. That's gospel centered parenting. It's not just based on good behavior. It's not just, here's the Christian thing to do, but it's, here's how the gospel has affected me. God has forgiven me. God listens to me. God loves me. Even when I mess up all this kind of stuff. And now I'm passing off that gospel centered message to you, which yes. man, I just, I, I love that. We need more and more dads to be thinking that kind of thinking. I think we'd just serve our kids really well by mm. doing that. Dude, Beautiful. this is fun, man. I've just looked up at the clock. I'm like, holy cow, we've been talking a long time. And I, I was just like, I wanted to get into a million other things, but bro, this is awesome. I really appreciate you sharing all. We, we kind of took this in a million different directions but we will have our audience go listen to the, your new album stream everywhere. I imagine wherever you can listen to music, they can go stream that. And uh, yeah, do it. It's, it's, so the record's called dominion and yeah. yes, you can stream it everywhere. Great thing about skillet, which some people already know is that you can listen to it with your kids. There's no, there's no cussing in it and there's <laughs> all the thing, but I always have parents come up to me at shows. And they're like, thank you for making music that I can rock out with, with my kids in the car and stuff like that. And, but actually, before we go, yeah, I, it just happens to be I'm messing with my. So I'm in a hotel room, and I just happened to have this. This is hysterical. It was holding up my computer. This is the brochure from the school I was talking about. <laughs> You're looking so, on your phone. It literally is there. Yeah, here it is. Can you okay. see that it says association? A- oh yeah. Yes, Association of Classical and Christian Schools, and this is associated with um, Doug Wilson. I don't know if you know Doug Wilson. I don't know who that is. Yeah. Uh, Doug Wilson is, he has a podcast called blog and may blog a uh, very smart guy. But anyway, if you're ever interested in that, that a C C S sweet. Well, we do classical conversations, go. so it's probably a, some kind of form of classical education. I'm assuming just based yes, on the it name is. there. Yeah, that's right. Which I'm a huge fan of the, it's just, yeah, really, really cool. What category of music do you guys put yourself in skillet? I usually say hard rock. Yeah. So I would say it's a, it's, it's hard rock music and, but it's extremely, extremely positive. The new record is like um, all the reviews, secular, Christian, they all say the same thing, basically, which is it's so positive. And, mm. and I wanted that because it's been a hard couple of years. And I don't want to focus on the pain of or depression or isolation of, of the pandemic. I want to focus on the future. What do I need to do to not let fear rule my life? Yeah. Not let depression rule my life. Yeah. The flesh rule my life. Cussing at people at the Brewers game <laughs> rule my life. What do I have to do to get back a hold of my life? And, yeah. uh, and I'll end with the scripture. There's a great scripture that a lot of people know. The Bible says, for I did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So when you listen to this Dominion record, I think people are going to feel that, that spirit of power. That's what mm. I hope anyway. Yeah. Well, John, thank you so much, brother. This was awesome. We'll have everyone go stream that new album, Dominion, pick up a copy of your book and, uh, and listen to your podcast. You got a great podcast and where you're, all, you're talking about, you're covering all kinds of awesome stuff too. So well, thanks, thank man. Thank you so much. I love being here. Peace, everybody. Yeah, appreciate it, bro. Hey guys, I hope that episode was helpful for you on your journey of falling more in love with Jesus and helping your family do the same. As a reminder, our family leadership program is open for enrollment for our next cohort. We'd love to have you jump in. You can do that by going to dadtire.com forward slash lead, L-E-A-D. Again, go to dadtire.com forward slash lead to learn how to lead your family well.